Welcome to episode 48 of the Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how's your night going? Eh, not too bad. Better if I wasn't losing again in a PT draft. <laughs> uh, you know, at least you do well in real magic, but... Yeah. I mean, I'm, what, 4 for 4 now? Yeah. At least, you know what, at least I'm back on my streak. I'm 3 for 4 putting players in the top 8. <laughs> Which is insane. I love how so this was my weakest levels. pick too. Out of, uh, out, like in out, out of, of the people I picked. What do you mean? I'm confused. Oh, between like people who've like made top eight. Or uh, well, so out of the three oh, people I you're picked, saying this he, round, he was your questionable one. Yeah, yeah, he was my weakest pick. Jerry Jerry T was my weakest pick. So we don't know how he's finished yet because we recorded this on Saturday night. So all I know is he made top eight. I have to say. Finkel missing top eight on breakers breaks my heart. It was sad. I was so uh. sad. Like I'm curious what the actual numbers were wound up going to, but um Andrea Mangucci was the only X and four to make top eight. Hmm. So his breakers versus him were a little low. It's like literal ninth place too. Like Yeah, I know. It's just like oh you can taste it. Like it, I mean, it wouldn't have really mattered, all told, right? Yeah. Because like, I mean, yeah. Owen and Sam Black both kind of bombed for me. Yeah, Owen not doing well is somewhat surprising. Yeah. I mean, I mean, LSV was the weakest pick out of all of our picks. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was just like going back though. Since we started doing this draft, Owen's finishes have been 18th, 138th. 18th and now 354 <laughs> as soon as you pick them like, uh, god damn it love it god damn it yeah lsv being the weakest was actually kind of unfortunate but also not terribly surprising a lot of his finishes aren't in modern yeah i know he um uh i don't know he seems to do really well or just terribly yeah and then Sho- oh. shoda rallied back for you he was at like 130 something after day yeah. one, and now he's 45th. Yeah, I checked because I, I checked it out, and I was uh, after day one, I think, or like round eight or something like that. And I think I was beating you by like 20 points or something like that, maybe like 40 points. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But it was it was less than 100 points, yeah. um, and so it was pretty close. Uh, and I'm like. I'm like I'm like day two comes around. I'm like LSV's out. He's that like that's his place. I know the other two guys are basically out. Like it, it kind of depended on where, how well Shota did, and like Jerry was twelfth going into um uh, day two, and I was like holy crap. Yeah. And I I'll be honest, I totally expected him to not make it like anywhere. Yeah, well that's the thing about Jerry Thompson though, right? Is sometimes he's just a god of magic. Yeah. Like. Which I think this top eight is like his third, which puts him in the picture for Hall of Fame candidacy, which is kind of nice. Also, yeah. like, I don't do you think, think do you do you think he's a Hall of Fame caliber player? I think he is. Yes, his okay. impact on the game has been exceptional. Yep, and like he's still super young, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not like he's you know been on the pro tour like he's a grizzled pro tour veteran or anything. But mm-hmm. at the same time. He is like he's yeah. been around I mean, a while. He, he came up in the SCG circuit. Yes, uh, yes. Like he was kind, kind of yeah. He was like SCG into Pro Tour, and then he dedicated himself to the SCG circuit for a mm-hmm. while, and then went back to the Pro Tour, and then he went to Watsi, and now yep. he's back on the Pro Tour. <laughs> yeah, he's he's okay. Uh-huh. Man, uh, I suppose it's all right, you know. Jerry T needs another top eight. What does what does Finkel need another top eight for? Uh, bragging rights. <laughs> bragging rights. Dude's already got bragging rights. He's the he's the goat, man. Like, <laughs> you can always be better. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like when I heard that Finkel was doing so well, I I was really, really, really hoping that we were super close, and it would come down to those two, like how they finish in the top eight. And then That's I che- so unlikely. And then I checked to see how well Owen and Sam Black were doing, and I'm like, nope, we're done. No, nope, we done here. Yeah, I was worried with, yeah, as I said, with my 
LSV finish, but I don't know. Good times. It'll be, I mean, by the end of this, we'll know how Jerry finished and everything and stuff, but props to his top eight. I don't, if I, if I ever picked two winners, like, then this game has to be rigged. Like, <laughs> I mean, that, that or you're secretly just like, uh, you know, you can read the future. Dude, uh, that was like one that, like, that was the one I'm like, I'm just going to pick this one. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to pick this one. Well, it's it's very similar with Paulo too, right? Like you just kind of take Paulo every once in a while. Like you think about it all the time because like he's so he's like the epitome of a wild card, right? He can. You know how many times I've anything. taken Paulo? Once. Once. <laughs> you talk. You think about it all the time, though, right? I yes, this is true. Paulo's like always my. Paulo's always my. Th- if I was being reasonable, it's like almost always my third or fourth pick. Yeah. And I usually am like, I'm not just going to take three. Like, I always want to have the kind of, like, out there pick. Mm-hmm. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like a lot of my picks are usually, like, two people that I'm, like, pretty confident in. Mm-hmm. Like, because usually it's Owen. And then I've taken uh, Yuya, um, Paulo. I mean, LSV, I feel like, is a solid pick regardless, even though he didn't do well. My my weird one actually was I took uh, Li Shi Tian <laughs> as like my one of my locks to some degree. He did okay that run too, and I beat you. Yeah, so. he still had a perfectly respectable run. Yeah, but like so, I always like taking that third person as somebody who is like bomber bust, you know, like <laughs> who's gonna be who's I think is either gonna do super great or terrible or I just don't know kind of thing. Like they're they're my favorite ones. And Jerry T was kind of that one in this for me, even though I think he's great. But yeah, I, I, I didn't. I expected like Sam Black to be pseudo wild cardy because he can be either mm-hmm. like amazing or meh. I wasn't expecting both him and Owen to just be solidly in the meh camp. That surprises me a lot that both of them were. Oh well. But oh well, so I'm, it goes. I'm but. still super happy that Finkel did so well, right? Yeah, I always I, I root for Finkel. I just I love it when like somebody that can be somebody that can be that relevant after this many years is just astounding. Do you do you want to hear the like the most depressing thing of all about it though? What? He was playing Tron. Oh really? Yeah. Oh like, man. Out of all the decks he could play, he's playing Tron. You hate Tron, don't you? I don't hate Tron. I just don't think it allows people to leverage their skill very well. Huh. And especially when your name is John Finkel, you have a lot of skill to leverage, right? Uh-huh, yeah. So a a little bit. <laughs> it's just weird. I don't know. Whatever. But Yeah, so it goes. So you had, you had something you wanted to talk about today. Yeah, um, so for the first time in literal months, I went to a standard showdown today at the, <laughs> the local game store. Um, for example, the last standard showdown I went to was, uh, when did they start the standard showdown? Kaladesh? I have no idea, something like that. Like, I that was the last one I went to. Like, I have not played standard tournament specifically on a Saturday at my game store in a long time. Yeah. So, and like I decided to go today and like in general the night was just super super interesting to me. Like you know some something cool happened when like when the game is over, I'm like pacing and like jumping around the room because I'm su- I'm just full of energy, right? Like I had a huge adrenaline mm-hmm. rush. That's not something that happens very often for me. Yeah. Like, as weird as it is to say. You know, like, like I was literally, like, you know, jumping up and down, like, waving my arms because, like, I, I was super energetic for some reason. <laughs> and it was just crazy. And I'm just like, like, tonight was interesting, and I just want to talk about it. Okay. So. All right, well, start talking about it. <laughs> You're not my real dad. All right, so... Uh, just as like a precursor to everything, um, the deck I chose to play was the Brennan DeCandio um, 
Grix's energy list that he posted on Friday on Star City Games. Okay. It was... I'm just going to get it here for you so you can look at it. Oops. <laughs> ah! Alright. So, uh, I he updated his list barely. Uh, he only updated the sideboard mm-hmm. because everything else he really enjoyed about it. Um, I... I decided to go with his updated version. I understood, I agreed with a lot of the stuff that he did. Like, So he cut the Dire Fleet Daredevil because it just never did much, and he cut the Glimmer of Genius. Okay. Uh, he decided to try and fight on a different axis. Because you don't really need Glimmer against most decks. It's super slow, and you, you want to be playing mm-hmm. out to the board. You don't want to be holding open mana to draw cards, right? So he swapped both of those cards for two Ravenous Chupacabra. Yeah, buddy. So, so yeah, I'm playing two of the supposed most broken card in all of Rivals of Ixalan in my my sideboard, boarded them in one matchup, and never drew them. Cards overpowered you. Yeah, I I I mean, you never got to play it though. Like, if you would have, if you would have hit him, it just would have ended the game there, right? Instantaneously, just no chance. Just they kill a creature, and then you have, dude, get this, then you have a two-two. I know. Right. You know, I the best part. You know what I boarded in against? <laughs> dinosaurs. You know what doesn't match up well against dinosaurs? Tutus. Yeah. So, <laughs> just in my arena games, I found that that card actually does fairly well in those games. Yeah, like, because it's just a having spell, it, right? Because it's well, because it kills something and then blocks for a turn. Yeah, like, it's basically it's basically like, you know, kill something, soak two damage. Or yeah, that, fog a creature, but... Yeah. Well, like, that was my thought process behind boarding it in, right? Yep. It kills something, and I can use it to gang block something that's bigger. Yep. Like, because that was my entire strategy in that game. Like, because if I ever got behind, I was just dead. Yeah. I basically would, like, play out a bunch of cheap creatures, gang block something large, <laughs> and eventually crawl my way out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, along, along those lines... I mean, if you get three of them, then you can un- you can block unplayable garbage. I can. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, my round one opponent actually was the dinosaur deck. Okay. And he ran me the hell over game one. Really? Like, Just... Bl- 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 like, we're talking that he had two Carnage Tyrants in play against me at one point. And then uh-huh. he cast Gishaf. The oh, s- yeah. The eight mana Naya colored seven six. Yeah. With haste, vigilance, and trample, and murderified my face. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I can deal with one Carnage Tyrant. I almost dealt with a second Carnage Tyrant. I can't deal with a Carnage Tyrant with with haste. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the haste thing is big on that card. Yeah, like I don't, I don't care about it having hexproof. It's a seven-six oh, yeah, trample with haste. <laughs> yeah, and that was just yeah. I got I so he steamrolled me game one, uh, game two. He never saw green mana at any <laughs> point. Perfect. And I proceeded to run him over with rekindling phoenixes. Yeah. Uh, so how are those phoenixes? Better than I. Th- and you thought they were going to be pretty good, didn't you? I thought they were going to be solid, right? Like, okay. the, the, the bar for better than other phoenixes is noticeably low, because there's a <laughs> lot of shitty phoenixes. Yes, this is true. But the fact, like, the number of times that I just, like, double-blocked with uh, Rekindling Phoenix and a Whirler Virtuoso <laughs> and just got my phoenix back was way more than is reasonable. Huh. Like, they just allow you to grind. And it's really interesting. Um, yeah, I, 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 would, I don't think I would ever board one out. They make the mana a little awkward with the double red on four. But, you know, this, I mean, deck, what do you just, do, right? this deck just has awkward mana, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you have double blue, double black, double red all over the place. And you ideally never want to have a untapped land after turn one, which is also never going to happen. Yeah. Or a tap land, rather. Yeah. Yeah, but then, so we go into game three, and 
he proceeds to have a lot of mana dorks, and I have a lot of removal. And mm-hmm. he just never gets off the... You know, he never gets a chance to like really, really get things going. It's like, you know, turn one, kill your dude, turn two, kill your dude, two, turn three, kill your dude, play a threat. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, he just never got a chance to actually like get up off the off the ground, and I was able to beat him, which is just something that happens with ramp decks, right? Ramp yeah. decks for revolving on creatures. Uh, round three, I played against his friend who was on Merfolk. This... Did this we just is, skip round two? Oh, sorry, round two. Round two, okay. I played against sorry. his friend okay. who was on Merfolk. Cool. Sorry. Uh, okay. this, this wasn't really a match. Uh, oh, I, felt, okay. I felt kind of bad. Uh, he never found green mana, game one, uh-huh. and he never found a third land, game two. Yeah, so it's just like one of those non-games that happened. Yeah, it was just one of those non-games, and like I felt kind of bad for it because you know he didn't really do much, but he took it in stride. He was all right about it, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, like after I beat him game one, he's like, "Did you play against my friend?" I'm like, "Is your friend on Naya Dinosaurs?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Yeah, I did." He's like, "Okay." It's like, <laughs> whatever. I guess I don't know what that. Sorry, what that bro. Yeah. Yeah, so that wasn't really a game. Um uh-huh. So round three I gone done screwed up. Oh. I had been looking around at what people were playing throughout the night, you know. Mm-hmm. And I saw I knew who my opponent was gonna be, and I was absolutely certain that he was on approach of the second sun. Okay. He was playing a different blue-white deck. That's goal is to put, you know, have a seven-mana win con doing something. <laughs> he was on Gift of the God Pharaoh. Oh, really? So here's the thing, right? Uh-huh. I mulliganed aggressively game one. I mulliganed all the way down to... expecting something different. <laughs> yeah, I mulliganed all the way down to five, and I keep seeing hands that are just full of removal. Right, like uh-huh. magma sprays and abrades and Vraska's contempts. I'm like, well, these don't do anything against approach of the second sun. I don't need them, right? Yep. You know, so I'm looking down to five, and then he's like, turn one or turn one tap land. He's like, turn two, uh, charter course. I was like, well, that's weird. And then he puts a gift in his graveyard. I'm like, I have made a horrible mistake. <laughs> oh. Uh. I actually almost come back and win game one on a mulligan to five against, like, the most value-intensive deck in the format, which is just, like, this is all off the back of Rekindling Phoenix. All of it. Like, every little bit. Like, that card almost single-handedly won me game one, which I had no right to win. Is that card MVP of the event for you? Yes. Like, (laughs) straight up. It's just MVP. Straight up, yeah. Right? Uh So... He, if I get him down to like, I'm at a point where if I top deck exactly Glorybringer, I actually beat him game one. Mm-hmm. And instead of draw, I drown Catacombs and die. <laughs> so we go to game two, and I do my sideboarding. And this is kind of just where, like, the versatility of Grixis is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I board in Negates, I board in a Duress, I board in, um, like, all this stuff, and like I boarded more abrades, I boarded another magma spray, I boarded another Vraska's contempt. Like I go all the way up to four. Like I have all this stuff, all this mm-hmm. interaction, and like his way of boarding against me is like board in Warden of the Fairgrounds or whatever it's called. Yeah, which is a one-three O-ring, which means I can upgrade it to death when I'm already yeah. keeping in my harness lightnings, anyways, because my harness lightnings can kill his four fours. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm an energy-based deck. And so, like, I think my sideboard strategy is so much better than his. So where, like, he never got a chance to resolve a God Pharaoh's gift <laughs> but, until I allowed him to resolve it just because I knew I had him dead the next turn. And you're just like, okay, we got this. Yeah, like, you know, it's like, sure, that resolves. You get your dude back. He attacked me, and I'm just like, flashing gear hulk, exile this guy, block this guy, swing lethal. That's how yeah. I won game two. And then game three, I just stick a, um, a World of Virtuoso pretty early, 
and like you have not lived until you're you're like untap whirler virtuoso go and your opponent's like untap uh fairgrounds warden your whirler and you're just like kill your kill your fairgrounds warden get my whirler back make another thopter off the free energy taste it go like it just felt so freaking good right like i f almost felt dirty <laughs> but i was able there's to, some of those plays you're like i have to be cheating right now this is so good yeah like you know like when when this deck is humming it just seems unreasonable mm -hmm. so, yeah so like that that was just one of those matches where like you know i severely screwed up game one but i don't think the matchup is bad which is this is the first time i have played a deck in standard that didn't have crook of condemnation in the sideboard <laughs> like literally the first time ever and yeah. like as soon as I like realized what he was playing I'm like did I screw up on my sideboarding and I realized like no I didn't screw up on my sideboarding because I have all this exile based removal anyways so it just doesn't yeah matter. so it's not going to matter so and then round four was the most intense matchup I had of the entire night this, this was someone who I knew was actually playing Approach of the Second Sun. Uh -huh. So, this game was actually really sweet, uh, just in general. Uh, his life total, game one, I wound up at 22 life. Uh huh. Because Ivraska's contempted my own Whirler Virtuoso, so he couldn't gain a life off of his. Or no, I Varaska's contempted my own Thopter token, so he couldn't gain a life off of his Fumigate. <laughs> and his life total went from 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 16, 14, 21, 19, 15. He won the game. <laughs> like, there was a lot of chip shots going on in that game, right? Yeah, it sounds like it. And this, this was a game where I abraded my own Rekindling Phoenix in response to a Settler Wreckage. Just so, uh, just so that way I wouldn't die, I'd get the token back. Which then, that was, that was where I wound up Vraska's Contempting my Thopter token. Because he, uh, um, he, cast a, he untapped and cast Fumigate to get rid of my Phoenix token, the little elemental. So it's like he had to cast the Fumigate just to get rid of the Elemental because it was so problematic. Because even though my removal spells were dead against him, I was able to save my Phoenixes from uh, Settle the Wreckage with them as a result. <laughs> which is just super, like, entertaining. <laughs> and then, like, we do all of our sideboarding for Game 2. And I board out almost all of my removal. Except I board in the fourth Raska's Contempt again because I'm expecting stuff like Torrential Gear Hulk or maybe Regal Caracal. Like, I'm expecting him to bring in actual creatures against me. And I just board in a bunch of other interaction. And he, uh, he's like, turn to the Champion of Wits, the 2 1 for 3, when enters the battlefield, draw. Draw cards equal to its power and discard two cards. Okay. Internalize for seven. Yeah. Like, that's his creature strategy against me. And, like, we just enter into this super long, grindy game. And he gets me down to one life. And he realizes that he's no longer going to win this race. <laughs> like, I, he is at five life. I am at one life. He cannot physically kill me. So he has to, like, transition into uh, uh, trying to beat me with Approach. So he winds up casting Approach at one point. I chip shot him down. And then he, like, he glimmers trying to find a Fumigate and can't find it. It was, And then he casts another <laughs> uh, Champion of Wits. And it's the top, very top card. So, like, if it was, like, one card higher, he actually would have, like, been able to not die. Which was super entertaining. But it's like, it was the fact that he got me all the way down to one from like a super grindy combat match, and he then he had to transition to trying to approach if the second summon me out of the game was just super entertaining. <laughs> like, that was just a sweet matchup overall. Uh -huh. And then, so we go to game three, 
And we get into a counter war over a duress. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably one of the weirdest things I've ever gotten to a counter war over before. I mean, duress is super good, I guess. Well, the best part is I followed it up with a second duress. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, we just like get into this whole little like shindig, and then it's like, I'm able to play around uh, sensor the entire game, and like I hold open... I'm able to, like, take his disallow, and I'm able to, like, hold open the gate to save my phoenix, and, like, this is not a matchup where he's gonna, a game where he's gonna be able to try and race me at all, and he's fully aware of that. Yeah. And, like, we get to this, this through this whole thing, where it's, like, he has, like, one card left in hand, and I have, like, three cards in my hand, and, like, he's dead on the next turn if I untap... And, like, he, he's very, there's very, very little he can do. And, like, at one point, he's, like, hemming and hawing over whether or not he wants to, or he were hemming and hawing because, like, he chose not to chump lock my Scarab God with his Champion of Wits. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's, like, I suppose I could have done that, but, you know, like, he wound up not doing it. And, like, we discussed it after the fact because it was, like, it was actually worse for him if he had chump locked because he would have taken more damage. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... He cast his first Approach of the Second Sun, and, like, you know, to not die, and then it goes in, like, like we have, like, two more turns go by, and he just, like, he looks at what's going on, and he's like, so he Ipnew rivulets himself to mill three, and he miscounted. He mills his Approach of the Second Sun, and proceeds to draw not Approach of the Second Sun. And as a result, dies. <laughs> like, the super entertaining thing was, was, like, I actually had a Torrential Gear Hulk in my hand with a negate in my, in my graveyard. And he didn't have another piece of counter magic. Yeah. So, like, it didn't really matter. But it was but just, like, one of those things where it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, it's it felt super bad for him. And it's just, like, uh, like, the, like this game was super, super intense, right? Because yep. at one point, like... I have Gear Hulk negate in my hand, or Gear Hulk in my hand, negate in my side in my graveyard. Mm -hmm. Seven lands in play. He's at one, <laughs> and I'm staring at eight untapped mana. Yep. I have a Scarab God, a Rekindling Phoenix, and a Glory Bringer. And you're like, I just need one of these dumb things. <laughs> like, I need any one of these creatures to connect. Uh -huh. I know he has at least one set of the wreckage in his deck. Uh -huh. So, I'm, like, staring at everything that's going on, and I'm just, like... Like, so I, I attack with Glorybringer, I exert it, and I kill his um, Champion of Wits. And uh -huh. I attack with just Glorybringer. And, I'm like, I decide to do it this way, because this way I don't lose to settle, uh -huh. and uh, Cast Out buys him a turn. Like, you know, I have time to play around what's going on. And he has the settle. Oh. So so it's like, I actually, like, you know, I, I actually had the line, which was super sweet. So, like, he settles me, and then, like, I pass the turn. And that's what actually led to the whole, like, milling myself and drawing a thing. But, like, that turn was just super awkward, because, like, after I exerted the Glorybringer, uh -huh. he... He let me kill the champion of wits, and like, and then he's like, cast subtle after it's all said and done. I could have, I could have actually cast the scarab god, or I could have activated the scarab god's ability to draw four, discard two, to try and find my second negate in my deck actually, hmm. to allow me to counter the subtle, and then he would have died. But he was actually holding open a dispel the whole time, <laughs> specifically so he could counter the scarab god activation. It just. <laughs> Because, like, I, I would not activate the Scarab God on my turn. Like, I pass back to him because mm -hmm. I didn't want to tap off mana. And he just looks at me and he's like, smart play. And I'm just like, what? And he's like, <laughs> mill myself, you know? Try, like, because he has exactly enough mana to mill himself. And plus he has a Glacial Fortress in his hand, so he can have exactly seven mana to cast the Approach of the Second Sun. Oh. And I'm just all in on not dying to Approach of the Second Sun. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Like, it it was a super interesting match, and I actually really really enjoyed it. And like like I said, like I was just like 
I was crazy hyped when it was done. Like, I don't know why I was so energetic about it, but, like, it's just one of those matches where you play it, and you realize that you just played really well. Uh-huh. You know? Like, there was multiple chances where I could have screwed up during that final game, and it could have lost me the game. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, and I just felt really good about it. So. <laughs> That's my story. Nice. So, do you have any takeaways from this? Um, I feel like the mana needs work in this deck. Okay. But I don't, I don't know what you could possibly do to help it. It's just kind of one of those things where it's like... Like, yeah, like, the lands you're playing are so awkward, right? Like, you're playing four Dragon Skull Summits, you're playing four Drowned Catacombs. You have one island, two mountains, one swamp, three canyon slew, and three fetid pools to actually allow them to enter the battlefield untapped. Yeah. You have three spire, bu- spire Bluff Canals. Like, I would like to cut a Fetid Pools and add a fourth Spire Bluff Canal just to make slightly more red mana and slightly less black. Mm-hmm. But by doing that, suddenly it makes the Dragon Skull Summits and the Drowned Canicombs worse because there's fewer lands to help them enter the battlefield untapped. Yeah. It's like, there, there's so much chaoticness going on with this like mana base that it's like, you just kind of have to hope it works out. Sometimes Aetherhub is your only source of, you know, certain colors of mana, and it's a little awkward, but... I mean, you do what, what do you, you gotta do, right? You, you didn't just get the list and cut a land? No, I did not. <laughs> I did that for control text. I know, text. I'm just ragging on you. <laughs> Actually, like, mathematically speaking, this deck needs, like, 25.6 lands to have, like, a good, like, the correct splits for, like, colored mana sources. Uh-huh. But, like, that's actually something that the guy who made the deck is saying. He's like, you know, like, this deck needs, like, 25.6 lands. We can't pay, play partial lands, so we just play 25. Hmm. It's like, you're a man after my own heart. You don't need 26. Who cares about that extra mana source? I mean, sometimes sometimes a little bit of percentage points has to be YOLO, right? Like, you just gotta go yeah. for it. You know, like, the deck's the deck is just full of a lot of power. Yeah. And, you know, sacrifices must be made in that regard. Yeah. The one of Charter Course is actually better than I thought it would be. I boarded it out in, against Dinosaurs and against um, Merfolk mm-hmm. because they're just aggro matchups and I don't really feel like I have time to dick around with it. Yeah, probably not. But, like, it was actually super nice, like, you know, because it either drew a counterspell or drew me cards, right? Yeah. I, as in drew a counterspell out of my opponent. Like, yeah. The actual... Like, even just having it as a one-of, like, it is, you know, an actual source of card advantage, which otherwise, the only thing you have is one Sleep Siphoner, Mm -hmm. and the Scarab God to a degree. But, like, all of the creatures are card advantage in some way. Yeah. Which is just really interesting, right? Like, so you have Torrential Gear Hulk, which is a card advantage card. One Sleep Siphoner draws you cards. Glorybringer is a multi-use removal spell. Yep. Rekindling Phoenix never dies. Ever. Pretty much, yeah. Like, it's immortal. Whirler Virtuoso is 3-4 stats for 3 mana uh-huh. that takes 2 removal spells to deal with, and the Scarab God is broken. Yeah. <laughs> also, this is the second time I've ever played Chandra Torch of Defiance, and she is great as usual. 4 abilities, man. 4 abilities. That... That's a lot more important than people think. <laughs> yeah, like, being able to tick her up for mana to play around sensor feels so good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> like, I'm not a fan of sensor. I think it's too easy for people to play around it. Uh-huh. But a lot of people still play sensor. Yeah, so you got to play around it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's just how the world works. And I was able to cast a Glorybringer... And still hold open the gate because of her. And I'm like, this is a good time. I'm okay with how these events are transpiring. I never ultimated her, which was sad, but, you know, you can't have I mean, when do you ultimate a Planeswalker, right? Uh, when you're winning the game. Yeah. Okay. Good job, you're winning the game. (laughs) Yeah. The one of Supreme Will was a little weird. I never cast it for anything ever. Hmm. I once... Ca- Actually, that's wrong. I once cast it because I was land screwed and I was looking for a fourth land. Hmm. I missed. <laughs> Good job. 
Yeah, I'm awesome. Oh. Yeah, the three harness lightning is weird with like three harness to a raid, but I get it. Like, you know, you gotta diversify your threats. The one of essence scatter was oddly relevant in multiple situations. Really? Yeah. Just sometimes all you need is just one one creature based counter spell. Like it answers a lot of important threats. So. I suppose so. So how's how's the standard format right now then just in general from what you played? As of right now, it is insanely diverse, at least at my at the local level. Uh -huh. Just because there as one guy was saying when he was talking, he's like, you know, like he was talking to someone else about their match and he's like, yeah, well, you know, there hasn't been a pro tour to tell me what to play, so Oh, fair enough, I suppose. Yeah, like all you have is the SCG open. Which is, you know, yeah, there's a pseudo-meta game that's being defined with that, but it's, like, in team events. Mm-hmm. And, like, just because people are playing, um, uh, like, Mardu and stuff, and that doesn't mean Mardu is actually good. Yeah. Like, this deck beat Mardu, hmm. like, which is super relevant. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Deck's sweet. Yeah, it seems sweet. Like, it's... I'm not really one for... Uh, mid-range decks. Yep. Like, they're not really my thing. But this one is diverse enough that I think it actually will be able to hold my attention for a while. It's... Yeah, it seems like a... I don't know. It seems like it's got a lot going on, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, there was very few... Like, after turn three, I was never in a spot where I was like, you know... I only had one possible idea I could do. Yeah. Like, there was always multiple lines I had to play through. Like, the the ga game one where I mulliganed to five against the God Pharaoh's Gift deck, yep. like, I was so... I was playing in a really interesting way because, like, I knew my best way of beating him, actually, was going to be to race him. Mm -hmm. So I had to hold open Vraska's Contempts to kill his dudes. <laughs> like, instead of actually playing out threats, because I only had five mana, because, yeah. you know... Uh -huh. You can only do so much when you're uh, mulliganing and stuff. So it's like it's just like just having like those alternate lines where like you can just figure out like the best thing to do is just super interesting. Hmm. So one of the uh, the perks for winning said standard showdown though, mm -hmm. I have a nice little stack of six rivals of Ixalan packs in front of me. Oh really? I also have two Rivals of Ixalan standard showdown packs. Are you just flaunting? Uh, kind of? <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think pack one, pick ones are viable with standard showdown Probably packs. Probably not. They only have three cards in them. Actually, four cards. <laughs> uh, so this first one, actually... Yep. Perfectly encompasses my night. And I'm not even joking. Okay. First rare approach of the second oh. song. Fitting. Fitting. You know, mm -hmm. kind of cool. Second rare is a mythic. <laughs> this mythic I just acquired my fourth on Friday. This mythic is rekindling things. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's a good pack, then. I know. Uh, then I got a... Rebecca Gway Plains and a Foil Hour of Devastation, mm. which is actually pretty sweet. Like, this whole pack in general is pretty sweet, but like, mm -hmm. Approach and Rekindling Phoenix in the first pack I cracked just has to be like the best thing ever. Yeah. Like, especially with just how my night's been. Uh huh. Right? Like, <laughs> it's in this oh, pack. What have we got here? We, pro we probably have enough time to do a single crack pack if you wanted. Well, I gotta finish this one first. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. Okay. Alright. This next pack is noticeably more dis more boring. We have a Dovin Bond. Okay. Planeswalkers. Boring. Yep. Whatever. Uh, Path of Discovery. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it explores. Yep. Four mana enchantments. Cool. Mediocre. Uh, a Foil Forest. And a Foil Shepherd Dunes. Hmm. Which is the yep. white desert, which is solidly mediocre. But that first pack, Rekindling Phoenix is 20 bucks. So there you go. 
That's that's pretty good. Seems all right. That's, that 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 could not have been better. That's like the best <laughs> thing ever. Uh, just crack the, just, let's go and crack this pack. Oh look, approach the second son of rekindling Phoenix. <laughs> the two cards that defined my night. That's great. All right. Humble brags. Humble brags are over. Don't lie, they're not humble. You've done no rivals of Ixalan draft. I have right? done zero of them. I barely know the cards. Alright. Um, the draft format's a bit different than um, regular Ixalan. You no longer feel like you're completely screwed over for, like, you know, getting derailed. Mm -hmm. Like, you can kind of, like, you know, recover a bit, which is super nice. Okay. So. Alright. Alright. Actually, if we have time, I actually cracked a pack earlier today that I want to talk about if I can find it. Because it was su it's super yep. interesting. Sorry. I just had an interesting night, and I've just been like really introspective about it. <laughs> Deal with it. Deal with it. Alright. Alright. Swaggering Corsair. Uh, three mana, red, two, two, raid, enter the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter if you attack for the creature this turn. Seems fine-ish. Yeah. Mediocre. Not amazing, but you're not going to feel bad. No, I feel like I could do a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. Sanguine Glorifier. Three mana, or sorry, four mana, white, three, three, when it enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on another target vampire you control. Okay. It's really good filler for the vampire deck. Probably on on similar power level as Swaggering yeah. Corsair. I mean, it's, I, I feel like it's man. not one of those things that I'm like, oh yeah, let's slam this. Nothing super mm -hmm. amazing, but whatever. Uh, sea Legs. One blue enchantment aura with flash. Enchant creature. Enchant creature gets plus O plus two as long as it's pirate. Otherwise it gets negative two, negative O. Is this card good? I don't... It, it does not look good. I've seen it see play, but it it's not a high pick by any stretch. Yeah, right? I just... I feel like I like, don't can, want to play that card. Yeah, like I've... I've passed multiple and never felt Yeah, that's kind of where I would sit on it in my head, so. Like, if it was plus 2 plus 0, or negative 2 negative 0, it would be a hell of a lot better, but at that mm -hmm. point, it's not something blue should have, I think. Yeah. But. I don't know. What do you think, Mr. Designer? Is that something that's reasonable? Um, what, were, what, were the num what were you saying again? Sorry. If it was plus two plus zero or negative two negative zero, yeah, that's not that's not plus blue. Plus so because blue doesn't do power yeah. pumping like that, so yeah. Uh, aggressive urge, target creature gets plus one plus one for end of turn. Draw card. Two mana green. <laughs> I want to like this card. I think this card is actively like, good. I like th I like this card. I don't think it's <laughs> I. I do not think it is first pickable, but I think it is actively. Good. I can't imagine it is first pickable. Yeah, but like I mean that we put we played that in our two headed giant release, and I don't think we were unhappy with it. No, not at all. Like it was never a bad card mm -hmm. to have in your hand because worst comes to worst, you yeah. cycle it, right? Yeah. Like uh, canal monitor, five mana black five three. I'm guessing we're not taking something with no text. Nope. On that note. Orazka Frillback, three mana green, four two. Better yes, than the five yes. three. Two uh, mana less, but currently we're on aggressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. A three drop that trades for all your opponents, two drops seems. Yeah. I mean, if you're aggressive, it's, it's fine, not bad. It's yeah, a dinosaur. It's not. It's, I mean, it's not the worst, worst by any means. But yeah. I. Mutiny. One red sorcery. Target creature an opponent controls deals damage equal to its power to another target creature that player controls. So, sorcery, one red. If your opponent controls two creatures, destroy the weaker one. Um, in most situations, I mean, that's yes. basically it. But the, there's a lot of creatures in this format yeah. with high power. So you can kind of get stuff. some two-for-ones. I mean, it's probably fine-ish. I, I mean, it's good. I think we're on this I right think now, I'm right? Actually, yeah, like straight up, that card's just better than yeah, yeah. Aggressive Verge, I think. We're not taking Why not? Shatter. The art's so good. It is. 
It also kills our next card, Gleaming Barrier. <laughs> That's the old two, four or two whatever. O four two defender artifact. When it dies, create a treasure. You would not believe how many of these I have played against on, in arena. Alright, Sky March Aspirants. 2 1 for 1. White. Vampire Soldier with Ascend. As long as you have the city's blessing, it has flying. So this card's good, but not good in limited, right? This card is good in limited. Is it? But it's only good in exactly the vampire deck. Okay. And is that more because it's a vampire? Yes. Okay. It is a vampire which plays well with other things. And the fact that, like, vampires can... They're good. the things yeah. that are most likely to be able to turn on Ascend. And having evasive threats is relevant. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's good early. It's good late. Like, it's solidly mediocre. I think we still take Mutiny over it. I think so. People, people tend to just overvalue the two ones for one like in limited because yeah. they just die to everything savannah lions yo yeah not as good in limited as they are in constructed but okay all right uh this card is actually kind of unreasonable needle tooth raptor three colorless and a red two two creature dinosaur when it is dealt damage it deals five damage to target creature and opponent control sheesh I, that card seems good. It kills almost everything. Like, it will trade with almost yeah. anything in the format. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, when this creature, like, basically it, it has death touch almost. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever, like, this plus Forerunner of the Empire yeah. is just dirty. Yeah. Oh, man. Start machine gunning down your opponent's creatures. This card has to be better than Mutiny, right? Yeah, this card has to be better than Mutiny. For one, it's a body. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. a 2-2, two -two, but it's a 2-2 two -two that if it, it like, if your opponent does not spend a removal spell on it, a non-damage based removal spell on it, it just kills one of their creatures. Yeah. Like, it's just good. Yep. Uh, two colorless and a black instant exile target creature with power three or less. Not bad. What was that again? What card? Reaver Ambush. Oh, okay. I'm like, you just read it, and I'm like, I don't know any of these cards, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that... A lot of decks that's good against, like, that hits, like, two dinos. And all their support yeah. cards, which is nice, but, I mean... Yeah. I think... What do you hmm. think? That versus Needletooth Raptor. I'm probably on the Raptor. I think Reaver Ambush goes in more decks. Probably. But Raptor is individually more powerful. Yeah. So that's actually really interesting. I'm not sure on that one. We'll I would pro I would probably just take the the better creature in this case, but yeah. we'll see. So our rare is Storm the Vaults, two colorless, blue red, legendary enchantments. Whenever one or more creatures you control deals combat damage to a player, create a colorless treasure to artifact token with blah blah blah. blah. Being the Vritz, if you control five or more artifacts, transform it. And it taps to add one man of any color to your mana pool, or add one blue to your mana yeah. pool for each artifact you control. Tolarian Academy, okay. That you have to jump through yep. hoops for. Yep. Seems bad, Jim. Yeah, that seems... It does not seem good. Although I do want to get a couple of those, I think. I am not surprised. For my stuffy doll deck. I, just, I think the card's super sweet, but it is not playable and limited. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. We also have a foil. Oh, okay. So I'm going to start reading what it does, and you have to guess what it is. Okay. Uh, each opponent discards a card and loses two life. Okay. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap it. It gains haste until end of turn. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step if it has converted mana cost three or less. Each opponent loses life equal to the number of cards in his or her graveyard. What? Three colorless, black, and a red for a legendary planeswalker on grass. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're taking that. So you just got a foil <laughs> planeswalker, you scrub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man, this card I mean, is we're going to slam that thing. Holy hell, this card is sweet and foil. So next week on John Briggs about opening packs. <laughs> hey, one out of five. You just opened those other two that. packs, you. <laughs> 
No, I'm I'm saying out of my actual prize packs. I have six prize packs. I opened one. I still have five others. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're not talking. We're not talking uh, about the, the bling packs, right? The bling packs don't. Count. Your bling packs are good. You've already made up for it with everything, so just just. I've made. Just hush. This is just a. That's a good night. It's a good night to be John. But a good night to be you, huh? There's not many nights that are good nights to be John, but tonight's a good night to be John. They happen every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. I guess I'm, uh, you feeling pretty good about about everything we talked about so far? We got a fun yeah. pack cracking in, talked about some, some of your events. Yeah, I mean, a little, little haphazardly frazzledness of this night, but I, you know, I, in general, I thought it was, like, worth talking about the interesting things that happened. I mm -hmm. wish I could have put it, like, explain stuff better, because, like, it's one of those matches that I would love to have had it, like, be on camera and have people watch it to, like, talk about, right? Yeah. Because, like, there's just so much that went on that it was super interesting. You know, plus, like, you know, the, this is the first time I've played Standard in, like, you know, a reasonable bit. Yeah. And, you know, it's a brand new Standard, a brand new deck. That was a, that was a good night. Good. Interesting stuff happened. We'll take it. But yeah, all right, cool. So I'm um, uh, yeah. If you guys want to shoot us some feedback, you can send us an email at the um, uh, the local meta at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm not the only one who can't talk. Apparently, I, instead of forgetting episode numbers, I'm going to forget emails. Um, you can also catch us on Twitter at the local meta PC and take a look at John's tiny head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded way dirtier than it actually is in all reality. But all right, John. Any last words before we um. Uh, Close this one up. No, I am. I'm good. All right, sounds sounds sweet. So, we will catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>